Hello and welcome to Assured by Grace. My name is Danny Woodward, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Pastor Phil Congdon. And today we, we want to talk to you guys, uh, kind of a continuation of sorts from the last uh, two podcasts that we've done in the in the past. If, you, if you've had a chance to, to watch those um, two weeks ago, I believe, we talked a little bit about the inerrancy of Scripture, the authority of Scripture, and the importance of, of, uh, of putting ourselves under that authority. And, yeah. and especially from, uh, from the perspective of pulpits and how pastors yeah. ought to be putting themselves under that authority and what can go wrong when you don't. And then last week we had an interesting conversation where, where Pastor Phil really, uh, I think, highlighted uh, what is sin? What does the Bible have to say about sin? And, and why, is it, why is it important to keep that perspective accurate? as you, as you begin to talk, uh, about that in church. And, um, and so today we're kind of going to round out this conversation, Phil, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and put this to bed. And a lot of this, uh, we've been referencing some teachings by, uh, pastor Andy Stanley, uh, who many of you may know, and, uh, has a, has a big mega church, a lot of followers. And so he's, uh, he's kind of got a big target on him in some ways because of that. Yeah. And, we're, it's important, and I think Phil will reiterate this. We're not trying to tear uh, Andy down, or or to you know make little of his ministry, uh, but we're we're trying to highlight some things that he's doing that uh, that need to be addressed, and so that's why we're we're going to come mm -hmm. into today's talk where we're going to come into today's talk. And, and Phil, I just wanted to maybe just open it up with, maybe you can, you know, we were talking beforehand and you mentioned some, some other quotes that, that you've seen from Andy that reiterate this issue of inerrancy and, and why he is, his perspective on this is so dangerous in some ways to the growth of a church, mm. to members that, that uh, worship under that church. Well, okay. Andy Stanley is a, you know, he's a, um, a good man, a, a godly man, a, uh, has been a pastor in Atlanta for years, and uh, um, I, I know that he is. Uh, you know, the organization that he has is has done a lot of good. I also appreciate Andy uh, for his his the way that he presents the gospel. That it is um, uh, a a believing in Jesus as savior. Yeah. So there are things here that are really good. I think that uh, we see this a lot of times. We see that uh, uh, it's possible for somebody to become um, so surrounded by people that uh, that tell them everything that they say is wonderful. And, and then beyond that, perhaps when you're when you're trying to always do something or or say something that is catchy and that will draw attention that it's easy to slip. And uh, I don't think any of us are above this. Um, so anybody who's a teacher, if you're uh, teaching even a Sunday school class or, or youth ministry or a church, you will probably have at times said something that you regret or said something that you later think, oh, I should have put that differently. Uh, maybe I should have said that in a different way. And, and we're not here going to just 
tell you that you should avoid Andy Stanley or anybody else uh, that that we may mention. We we talked about John Piper before. Uh, we've talked about I think John MacArthur before, and it is true that there are going to be things that uh, uh, pastors are going to say that as we present them and, and we look at Scripture, we're going to be asking some probing questions. And that's what's going to happen today. Uh, we're, we're going to talk here about um, uh, sort of an outgrowth, if you will, of what Andy Stanley uh, has has said in, in a number of, of messages, a uh, number of sermon series, I guess, where he's he he seems to be backing away from the Bible as as being God's uh you know you don't want to you know preach from the Bible uh you don't want to and, and you don't want to be tethered to the Old Testament and 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 what I want to start with this morning is just you know a presentation that he made where he talks about um the whole focus um, that w when you're talking to people, um, uh, when you're talking to somebody who doesn't know the Lord, this is this is what he says. He says whether whether you're leaning in or leaning out. This is Andy Stanley talking now, and he says whether you're leaning in or leaning out. That is, let, let's say you're kind of thinking about believing in Jesus, or maybe you really you've been in the church, but now you're kind of heading away from it. Okay. He says this, the question I would encourage you to wrestle with, because it's really the only question worth wrestling with is not, does God exist? Now um, that's cool. Um, maybe some people don't like that question, but I'll tell you what, according to CS Lewis, that's a really good question. You have to mm -hmm. ask that question, and somebody has, somebody has really well said that if there is no God, nothing matters. If there is a God, then nothing else matters. Right. And so, uh, you know, just to to throw this out like this, I I don't know why Andy Stanley would do that. All he had to say was. I want to encourage you to wrestle with some things, and maybe this is not a question that that gets you. Does God exist? But if it is, that's something to consider. There's a lot of evidence there. Mm -hmm. He goes on and he says, neither is the question, is the Bible true? Because for some of you, the reason you're exiting faith is you've decided you don't believe the whole Bible is true. Okay. Now, again, I, I would say, why are you, why are you making that a throwaway issue? Uh, you could say, you know, some of you are going to be struggling with the Bible. Uh, and I understand that. The Bible is God's revealed word, according to what it says of itself. It says that it is God's inspired word, that he breathed it out, that the Holy Spirit moved the writers as they wrote. So that may be a challenge to you. Uh, and if it is, we can talk about that too. But instead, he just says, that doesn't really matter. 
and then he says this. The issue when it comes to leaning toward faith or moving away from faith, the issue and the question to ask is this. And here is his question. Is Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John a reliable account of actual events? Hmm. Okay. Now, so if we distill it all down to that, um, I'm assuming, and I'm sure, that Andy Stanley knows that the vast majority of New Testament scholars teaching in universities and even in uh, a lot of the uh, most prestigious seminaries do not believe that the New Testament Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are in any way a historical record. Even in conservative seminaries, uh, there is uh, a, a deeply entrenched belief among New Testament scholars that the record that we have in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is not a historical record the way that we might read a biography of somebody, but instead that it has been, uh, you know, they, they've put in words into Jesus' mouth yeah. that he probably didn't say, and maybe they got the places wrong. and They and, allegorize some of well, the motifs. Yeah, there's yeah. Uh, for, for any theologians who are listening, uh, they will know maybe that what I'm talking about uh, that there are there are people who who believe uh, there's a two schools of thought ipsissima verba ipsissima vox. This is a Latin term for the words of Jesus were the actual words of Jesus, or they were just sort of a general guess or putting back together by somebody who was saying, uh, I think that's what he said. For example, let's say that. Uh, we had talked yesterday, and uh, I was talking to somebody, and I said, well, I was talking to Danny yesterday, and Danny said that he uh, he really loves snow skiing. Well, maybe you didn't say, quote, I love snow skiing. Maybe you said, hey, you know, I, I think it'd be a lot of fun to go skiing sometime. Okay, that's what people are doing with the New Testament Gospels now. Mm -hmm. They are saying, well, when John says that Jesus said this to Nicodemus in John 3, well, that's not really what he said. Uh, it, it's sort of the the idea of what he said. It sounds really familiar to uh, uh, a story from Genesis chapter 3, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. What, what was it the serpent asked Eve when... when Has he... God said. Yeah. Wow. Well, so, you know, what's interesting here anyway, coming back to Andy Stanley, what Andy has done is he has stuck his foot in a bear trap because he has said it all matters. All that matters is are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John true. And then he even throws in a little bit more in the trash. He says, if any one of these, not even all of them, if any one of these is a reliable account, of actual events. I, I just say, wait a minute, Andy, if if that's 
where you want to go, you have gotten to a point where you're saying that uh, we can throw out Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and, and then we'll take part of John. You know, more than 20 years ago, probably about 30 years ago, there was a a uh, a group of, of of religious scholars uh, called the Jesus Seminar, I believe it was, met in Minneapolis, I think. And they went through the Gospels and uh, and they took out everything they didn't think was was valid. And uh, I think they came up with seven verses at the end of it that they accepted as being original and uh, accurate and authoritative. So Andy Stanley has has just gone way down a road. I guess his desire is that people will focus on the resurrection of Christ. But well, Phil, it, just, it, it just it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why he's doing this. So I and I don't want to put words in his mouth or or make assumptions, but it it does seem like the way the reason that you would want to do that is because you're worried that people are leaving the church. And so you're going to make an excuse for God to get them to stay that says, okay, well, as long as this part is true, as long as you can find truth in this part, then, then don't, don't run away. Don't leave. And he's robbing them of, of the beauty in the, in the, in the, uh, the, the bigger, broader picture of how scripture from the ancient times comes together in, in perfect, in, in, in perfect prophecy yeah, the, to the, the time of Jesus. From, and he's from robbing them of that. And that, that's, that's really what, you know, we, we are, are, I just think that you're going to have many people who are going to say, Hey, listen, I don't believe the Bible. I think the old Testament, you know, is not true. Uh, you know, it was just a lot of fables that were put together. The creation narrative isn't true. But hey, you know, maybe Jesus rose from the dead. And you would say, well, you know, in isolation, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Why did he die? Yeah. What What was the if he If you've gotten rid of the fall and, you know, the, the sin that we all are dealing with, and then why do we need a sacrifice and why the whole old Testament? Well, we don't need it. But in, in the end you have, it, it, this is a, it's just interesting. This, uh, this picture uh, was on the Babylon B and the Babylon B is a satirical um, website that uh, with politics and social issues, it, it just, um, it, actually reflects truth mm-hmm. about what's really going on and it does it with satire and they had this this headline i mentioned it before it says in new sermon series andy stanley just begins beating a bible with a steel chair and you know i just as i think about this i just think perception is reality and i would just say uh, andy Stanley, let's respect God's word. I know you do, but the perception that you are now giving out is that God's word isn't dependable, isn't trustworthy, isn't authoritative, and there might be a little tiny sliver of truth somewhere in the Gospels. That's just an awful beginning, and it leads to further problems too. 
Well, Phil, let's uh, move on to the second point that you wanted yeah. to, to kind of address today. And and when you have somebody that begins to undermine yeah. the scripture, they're going to focus on other things sometimes. Yeah. And we're seeing this in some of his teachings here. And 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 really, we'll talk about it a little more. But I would say this: the second point that we're going to highlight is does Marxism have a place in the church? Yeah, it's interesting. We'll get to it this way, uh, because, uh, you know, Marxism, the idea of, of dividing uh, people into classes, into groups, uh, any way they can, this is something that's going on today in wider culture. It, it's uh, the critical race theory is this whole idea that uh, everybody should be divided, male and female, your sexual preference, That's your inter- gender preference, intersectionality. Yeah, intersectionality is the is the word that's used for this, and uh, so um, there are some people who are oppressors, and and they will always be oppressors uh, just by the virtue of their skin color. Uh, so if your skin color is white, you are an oppressor. You will never be free of that, and all you can do is. Uh, is repent every day over and over again for being white. Uh, and same with being male, same with being rich, um, you know, all of these things. And if you go back to uh, the uh, the early communist rebellion in, in Russia, you will find this is what they did. They divided everybody. And they even had to get to the point where they had to divide one farmer from another so that they would... Uh, be able to break down any sense of unity and nobody w- would um, would view themselves just as being one with others. And we see this, uh, Andy Stanley uh, did a series uh, back in um, uh, 2022, I think it was. June, June of 2020. Uh, June of 2020, that's what it was called the human race series. And he was talking about racism. Racism uh, is uh, a, a something that has been just made the focal point of everything almost in culture. It doesn't matter what it is uh, almost, whether it's economic or uh, academic or political, it's all because of racism. Uh, of course, there there are other issues that they'll raise too. You know, what's your view on global warming or on uh, homosexuality or LGBTQ or any of those issues? But racism has been at the heart of this, and and uh, the danger here is this: the danger is that um, when when you focus on something and you say. It's not enough to not be a racist, that you have to focus on this and you have to make it the central thing that you're going to be anti-racist. Well, then all of a sudden, everything is subsumed under that. Mm-hmm. Now, every issue um, is the, the issue. Am I racist or not? Am I against racism enough. And there are a lot of sins, guys. Racism is a is a sin. Abortion is a sin. Um, fornication is a sin. Adultery is a sin. Mm-hmm. 
and we could keep listing sins. The Roman Catholic Church has uh, the seven deadly sins, but all sins are deadly. And when we start subsuming everything under one, then we're going to start dividing people. We're going to start saying, well, okay, uh, this is our problem. And, uh, and, and somebody else, we vindicate them simply because they're LGBTQ or they're some minority group. Yeah. or something that and, and you you essentially absolve them of of that sin yeah. just by default of the fact that that they're in the uh in the oppressed group so they for, therefore they can never be guilty of that sin and that's a that's another hazard in itself because as believers we know that we all are are subject to temptation and to falling into sin yeah. so um Phil did you want to well, uh, let me just read what he says here. He okay. says, this is what Andy Stanley said. If you're a Jesus follower, you must be, we must be anti-racism, just like you're anti-child abuse. Okay, what? that's fine. I'm I'm against child abuse, but everything is not subsumed under that. Right. And everything is not subsumed under any sin. Rather, sin is sin. And by just, he just dwells on this one sin, what he actually does is heighten the division because uh, those who are, um, those who are called racists and cannot escape that, they never have any hope of of finding a, a real peace, they are just going to be guilty all of their lives. Well, Phil, could you could you also maybe speak to maybe some of the pastors that might be listening? You know, I I know I think I know where Andy's coming from on this, and that's because there's a terrible amount of pressure, especially on somebody with a yeah. church his size, yeah. to to toe the line and and say something like this that is politically correct. What what advice would you give to pastors that are that are maybe shepherding churches and, and are begin to be confronted with this type yeah. of stuff, whether it be racism or another wokeism that's out there that that there's a there's a, an, yeah. an agenda behind the agenda? How can they be pervy to this uh, in advance? Boy. Um, and. I am not an authority, uh, you know, of what it is that that really has affected Andy and causing him to do this. But I would just say, uh, stick to the Bible, stick to the Bible and stick to the gospel of grace. And, uh, you know, that, that doesn't mean that you, you don't speak about sin. Uh, there is sin. And in my pastoral ministry, I do speak to various issues of sin. Um, but if I start picking and choosing and saying, okay, this is the sin I will talk about, and I won't talk about this one, uh, or I'll excuse this sin uh, for these people, but I will emphasize it for these, uh, then I am not doing, uh, I'm not presenting an honest picture 
of what the scripture says about sin. Yeah. And that's where I want to end up here. We, I want to talk uh, some just about, um, sadly, uh, the one place, uh, you know, whereas I really can agree with, uh, with Andy on uh, the gospel being central, and I can agree on him that racism is uh, a terrible thing. Um, unlike Andy, I would I would probably say that America is one of the least racist, if not the least racist country in the world. Uh, most countries in the world, and I've visited many of them, uh, they're broke down by caste systems. Um, uh, in the Middle East, you have a, a lot of foreigners from different countries who are virtual slaves, and they can't uh, get away from from that. And, and we see this in tribal groups uh, all around the, the world, uh, in South America uh, and in uh, Africa. So, so for for him to talk about racism here. Um, you know that when we do that too generally, we just kind of create um, a, a situation where there is, uh, I think, guilt that cannot be escaped. Yeah. Um, but Andy Stanley's gone beyond this, and there's another issue that's very prevalent and popular today, and that's the the LGBTQ issue, and uh, it's here. Uh, sadly, where uh, I believe Andy Stanley has actually uh, forsaken both the spirit and the teaching of Scripture. Scripture is very clear. Uh, anybody who reads it and just takes it literally that that sexual sins, not just homosexuality, but any sexual immorality of yeah. any kind, whether it's adultery, whether it is some kind of fornication, um, that sexual sins are uh, against God. It's so much so that the Apostle Paul uh, in 1 Corinthians would say that when a person commits sexual sin, he's committing sin against his own body. That's sin that you are actually harming yourself. And homosexuality is included in that. Many people know that Andy Stanley recently has said uh, that, uh, you know, he is lauded uh, gays who attend his church and said that they have more faith than those who uh, do not or are not um, caught up in the gay uh, lifestyle. And, and he he even says things like, I know all the gotcha passages, but man, these people, you know, they they still love Jesus. And and I appreciate the fact that a homosexual person, a person who is in the gay lifestyle, can be a believer in Jesus Christ. I want that to be understood, that uh, it is not by living a certain lifestyle or not living a certain lifestyle that you are saved. It is by believing in Jesus as your savior. Yes. However, if you believe in Jesus as your savior, 
then when you when you come in your life and your life experience to sin, at that point, the the spirit inside of you is going to want to deal with you to eradicate that cancer of sin, not to mitigate it or not to embrace it. And that's sadly what happens. Uh, and I think that some people probably listening to Andy Stanley recently, I know I've heard, I've, I've seen people make comments that, boy, Andy Stanley finally is standing with uh, the gay community. Uh, uh, Andy Stanley is, um, he's standing with the LGBTQ community and all those kinds of things. Uh, and maybe he didn't want that, but uh, I need to, I'm just going to share this with you now. This is something, again, you can find online, but uh, Andy Stanley, um, four years ago, almost in September of 2019, uh, met with the pastors of evidently the 15 largest churches in Arizona and was behind closed doors. And so it was a secret meeting. And he said things at that meeting that didn't come out for about three years. And uh, the reason they didn't was because uh, the moderator asked the pastors not to say anything about this because Andy Stanley, they said, was, you know, he was working through things. Um, but he said things at that meeting that are inimical to what God would say. And this is concerning. And uh, I just hope that somehow this is going to get clarified by Andy soon, but it follows on from when you diminish scripture and say, well, it doesn't matter, you know, what this scripture says or that scripture says. Once you start doing that, then you start saying things like this. He said that homosexuality, and this is a quote, it's really a disability telling gay people they have to stop being gay to follow Christ is like taking a wheelchair away from a guy who can't walk. Would he say the same thing about a person who is a serial adulterer? You know, taking adultery away from somebody for whom that's just a, a lifestyle. It'd be like taking a wheelchair away from a person uh, who can't walk. No, I don't think he'd say that. I don't think he would say the same thing about a pedophile, that taking children away from a pedophile is like taking a wheelchair away. But that's what he's done. And that kind of a statement, and the pastors, by the way, uh, there were a number of them, Ryan Visconti, uh, pastor of uh, Generation Church in Mesa, Arizona, uh, uh, he corroborated this. Uh, Luke Simmons, pastor of Redemption Gateway. Uh, Brian uh, Krukenberg of the New City Church in Phoenix. These are pastors who have all come out and said, yes, this is what he said. And this this is troubling. He said a few other things. Uh, I'll just mention this, though. He, he's, um, he says, uh, some people are gay. They can't change. According to my Bible in 1 Corinthians 6, uh, 9 through 11, this is a passage that talks about these sins. Yes, people can change because the spirit in them is greater than 
than Satan. Will it be a battle? Yes. And does that mean that they're all going to change? No. They are Christians. They do believe in Jesus. This is a battle. But for heaven's sakes, don't say, oh, that you just can't change. You can't stop sinning. Mm. And then he ended up with this statement. Um, I know I shouldn't let experience dictate my theology, but I have. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, you know, we're, we're, this is assured by grace. That's what we're talking about here. And let me just say, uh, the difference between grace, which is extended to all mankind, no matter what your sin problems are, uh, that's wonderful. All of us are guilty sinners. But compromising Scripture arbitrarily in an area, one area or another, just because contemporary morals uh, have changed, that's capitulating to the ways of the world. Andy Stanley likes to characterize Jesus as all-loving and all-accepting. But if you read the Gospels and if you believe them, and Andy Stanley challenges you to believe them, do you know what Jesus' first message was? You can read it in Matthew chapter 3, Matthew chapter 4. Repent, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What does repent mean? It means to recognize your sin and to turn from it. Now, that's true for somebody who's unsaved or somebody who's saved. We all need to repent. Uh, and when we see sin, that should be what we do, not say you can't change. Um, what's tragic here is not that Andy Stanley is showing love to homosexuals and to all sinners. Mm -hmm. that's, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. God's love is for all of us. Yeah. It, it's rather that it seems that Andy Stanley is curring the favor of the world um, by excusing and even encouraging sinful behavior. God never excused sin. And I'll end with this. Uh, you remember when Jesus was brought a woman who was caught in the act of adultery? And... Uh, you can read about this. Uh, I think it's in John 8, uh, where uh, they they bring her and they want to stone her. And you remember that Jesus, he never gave a conflicting statement about her sin. They were right. She had sinned. Jesus' response instead was, uh, you who are without sin, cast the first stone. In other words, the only one that's properly fit to judge her is somebody who doesn't have sin. All right? So they all leave. And uh, then Jesus uh, says to her, uh, where is everybody gone? There are none left here. They're all gone. And then he said to her, go and sin no more. And you know, if, if Andy would stay, say that, if he would say to to the gays, if he would say to, to anybody, to the racists, he would say, listen, I am not here to condemn you. Somebody else will do that. There's a higher court, and that's when you stand before Jesus Christ. But I will say this, if that is something that you've been doing, 
if if that is something that that Satan has been having a victory in your life, go. Sin no more. Battle against that sin and let the power of Jesus Christ living in you give you victory. So I, I don't know, we, we kind of rambled some here, but um, we started with Scripture, and we don't want to minimize Scripture. Once you start doing that, then other things are going to follow. And then you start picking and choosing sins, mm-hmm. and you start saying, well, this is a terrible one. You have to stand against that. Uh, let's stand against all sin, and let's expose it for what it is. It, it's what Satan is selling in this world, and the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Believe in Jesus, and you're saved. Thanks, Phil.